Welcome to On the Middle East, the podcast of the award-winning media service, El Monitor, where each week we talk with the decision makers and thought leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in the Middle East. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of El Monitor, and today we are talking with Dr. Murat Merchan, Turkey's ambassador to the United States. We'll be talking about developments in U.S.-Turkey relations, the Russian S-400 missile defense system, Syria, and a lot more. Ambassador Merchan is a founding member of the AKP, that's the Justice and Development Party, the party of Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Ambassador Merchan worked as a member of the party's Central Decision-Making and Administrative Board, and he also served as Deputy Minister of Energy and Natural Resources and Chairman of the World Energy Council Turkish National Committee. In 2017, he was appointed as Turkish Ambassador to Japan. Ambassador Merchan received a PhD from the Department of Decision and Information Sciences of the University of Florida, and he was a professor at both Cleveland State University and Bill Kent University in Turkey before his career in politics and diplomacy. Ambassador Merchan took up his post as Turkey's ambassador to the United States just last month in March 2021. My conversation with Ambassador Murat Merchan begins now. Ambassador Mershan, Ramadan Mubarak, and welcome to On the Middle East. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm very happy to be with you, with you. Pleasure to have you. Let's get right into it. One of the sticking points in U.S.-Turkey relations and in Turkey's relationship with NATO is your country's purchase of the Russian S-400 missile defense system. This has led to sanctions by the United States. Is Turkey going to deploy this system, and, and why do you need it? And is it worth the friction in Turkey's relationship with the U.S. and NATO? Now, of course, uh, this issue is very delicate issue, and as far as I know, which I probably know much better than anyone, uh, there has been talks on this issue in any occasion that the two uh, parties uh, talk or meet or whatever. Uh, so this is an ongoing process and this process will, will continue for some time. Uh, let me look into the case from a broader perspective. If there is going to be one country in the world who really needs air defense system is, is Turkey, I believe, because of its geography, because of its uh, insensitive, because of its uh, geographical position, and because uh, of the things happening in the region, whether it be Syria, it it is in Iraq or elsewhere. You know, Turkey is in the geography of a very delicate and sensitive region. So, uh, if Turkey, for instance, uh, was in Switzerland, neighboring Switzerland and its neighboring countries, Turkey would not need air defense system as much as, much as Turkey needs now. For that reason, rather than why Turkey did this and that, if we accept uh, the need of my countries uh, of air defense system, I think we could, we could uh, achieve a better understanding, mutual understanding on this situation. 
So this is all I can tell you. I don't want to speculate on on the on further because uh, we know what American position is. We know what Turkey's position is, and we know that there is there is some dialogue between two countries leaders, uh, two countries ministerial level. Uh, so that's all I can tell you. Ambassador, another source of friction in U.S.-Turkey relations is Syria, and I should say specifically U.S. support for the primarily Kurdish Syrian Democratic Forces at the SDF. The U.S. considers the SDF a, a vital local partner in battling ISIS, and Turkey considers the Kurdish groups linked to the F SDF as terrorists, the Syrian branches of the Kurdistan Workers' Party, the PKK, which both the U.S. and Turkey consider terrorists. How can the U.S. and Turkey thread this needle on the Syrian Kurdish groups? And, and what is your message as ambassador here in Washington, uh, here in Washington to decision makers on Syria and the Kurds? Now, in fact, we are living in our neighborhoods and we are going to live in our neighborhood for four for until probably the world ends. And we know the situation in our neighborhood. We know the security issue in the, in the region. We know what is a major threat in, in, in our region. So from a distance, it may not be easy to, to understand how important Turkey's security concern is and how important these concerns for the stability of the region. Now, Turkey is the most stable country in that region. Look at its neighborhood, Iraq, Syria, look at what's going on there. So Turkey's security concerns should have been addressed properly and with, a, with, a, with, a, with an understanding. Unfortunately, this, this didn't happen. So PYD, YPG, SDG, whatever, uh, we know for a fact that is... Uh, offset of PKK. And PKK is a major threat for Turkey's security because of their terrorist activities for, for quite a long time. And is even, even as of yesterday, the day before yesterday, that there were assaults on Turkish armies in the region from different facts, from different groups. For that reason, I'm, I, I hope, and I would have hoped uh, United States have understood Turkey's security concerns more so than anything else. And from now on, of course, I will continue to talk these issues to my colleagues, to my counterparts in Washington. I will tell them about our position and how dangerous PKK, uh, how terrorist organization PKK, as they have explained and as they have accepted is a terrorist organization and what's the relationship with PYD and PKK. So I will continue to talk uh, on these issues to tell about these facts uh, and I hope they will understand and they will, they will come up with a better strategy to work together in Syria uh, for, the, for, for the whole region, for the stability of the whole region. There were efforts by the United States to uh, engage other Syrian Kurdish parties, including some that have 
good relationships with the Kurdistan regional government in Iraq as a means of trying to counterbalance the PYD and YPG forces. Do you see that effort continuing? And do you think there's a, a prospect for that to be successful? Look, any attempt in the region, United States must work with, with Turkey. It's NATO ally, it's transatlantic ally, and it is the, I shouldn't say strongest, but the most stable country in the region. Anything, anything further destabilize, try to destabilize the region, Turkey knows this best, knows, knows this best. For that reason, these issues is of great importance and they have to be discussed with, with our security people, as well as with our government, with, with, with the ministry and with others in order to, to convince them. So I'm not in a position to say at this juncture whether this is acceptable for Turkey, but all I'm saying is that United States should always talk these issues with Ankara uh, before they make the decision. After they make the decision, it might not be helpful. But before the decision is made, if, if, you, if you discuss these issues with Turkey uh, at the top level, there might be better understanding on these issues. Otherwise, you know, we keep repeating the same thing on and on. There are concerns about an escalation in Ukraine, and this highlights, I think, Turkey's key role in that area, given its geography, NATO membership, and good relations with Kiev, Washington, and, and Moscow. How do you see the situation in Ukraine evolving? How do you think it can be diffused? And do you see a role for Turkey in, in this situation? Look, uh, there is one fact. I don't know whether we, we as Turks want this fact, but Turkey is a very strategically located country. And Turkey can contribute for the betterment of the region, for, for, for both in uh, Middle East, like Syria, Iraq, and as well as, as well as the Caucasus. Because we've been living there for quite a long time, and we have shown uh, to everybody that Turkey is a key player in that region. Now, visa when it comes to uh, Ukraine, of course, you, uh, from Turkey's point of view, Ukraine, uh, Turkey's Ukrainian position is well known. Uh, we want uh, United Ukraine. And we, we, we have been very cl clear on this. President Erdogan has made several times statements toward that, that uh, end. And of course, we have very good dialogue with, with Russia, with Moscow. And I'm sure that at the leadership level, uh, both leaders, uh, Turkish leader Erdogan and uh, uh, Russian leader Putin talk on these issues as well as Ukrainian leadership. So the, the best alternative of, of all these crises, all these tensions is to, to approach them uh, diplomatically through dialogue and Turkey can play a key role in facilitating all these dialogues. 
The tensions in the Eastern Mediterranean seem at times to be on a low boil, including over gas exploration. There was a scratchy exchange this week between the Turkish and Greek foreign ministers. What are Turkey's interests and concerns in the Eastern Mediterranean? As I mentioned, one is um, gas exploration. And where do things stand with Greece at this point? Look, let me tell you one thing. Let, let me answer this question from a different perspective. East Mediterranean, East Mediterranean gas is only an economic commodity with the participation of Turkey in the whole picture. In other words, East Med gas right now is a resource where everyone can use and where it can facilitate stability in the region with Turkish involvement. Otherwise, it's economically infeasible, very difficult to accomplish, and we will probably keep talking this issue over the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever, until gas becomes very irrelevant for the humanity. So if I, if I were uh, in the key players, I would try to, I would, I would, uh, I would consider Turkey, Turkey's role in the East Med gas project. And of course, that's the place that, that's where Ankara will, will, will talk. I mean, people will need to talk to Ankara, uh, relevant authorities, tec te technocrats, whoever knows these issues much more than me, they, they, they need to talk on these issues with a positive agenda. Turkish-Greek relations, you know, obvious. There are differences, there are major differences. Those differences uh, still exist. Uh, and we'll, we'll continue talk, to talk on these differences. Uh, but uh, the, 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 the approach should be goodwill so, so that we, we talk because at the end we are neighbors and we can solve our problems. Only we can solve our problems without the interference, interference of others. So, I mean, those problems exist. Uh, and in fact, unfortunately, Greek minister uh, in his uh, press conference together with uh, our minister Çavuşoğlu, unfortunately, uh, he exaggerated these issues and maybe uh, it wasn't very polite to bring all these issues. These issues should be talked, should be discussed, but at the same time, Greece should seek ways of doing, cooperating with Turkey on other issues. So this is my personal view, you know, while keeping and retaining our differences, if we focus on uh, issues where we can work together, that will create a positive agenda rather than only concentrating on negative agenda on issues where we differ. While we're on the topic of uh, Eastern Mediterranean, there's also Libya. Uh, and there have been some disagreements with Greece and Egypt on the Turkish-Libyan border demarcation agreement. The Libyan prime minister was in Turkey this week 
tell us about Turkey's interests in Libya, and are you hopeful about the UN-mediated political process there? You know, as, a, as an ambassador, I have to be hopeful. Uh, and as an ambassador, I should do my best to to uh, to, to make progress peacefully. Uh, so uh, I don't want to comment on whether I am hopeful or not, but we are in supportive of democratic process in Libya, and this democratic process should should hopefully lead to an election sometime in fall. Uh, and the current government uh, is working hard and they paid a visit to Turkey, all uh, Libyan president as well as his cabinet, many of his cabinet members were in Turkey and had, had bilateral discussions and talks and meetings. Uh, so we hope to reach a peaceful solution in Libya. Turkey has provided uh, military support to the Libyan government during the civil war. Do you expect uh, Turkey to keep Turkish military support for the government and keep forces and Turkish-backed forces in Libya? Now, uh, it's not very easy to, to speculate on the future. Uh, Turkey's position is very clear. Libya democratic process must continue and must achieve a success. And Turkey is very supportive of Libyan people, Libyan government. We will see if this democratic process leads to very stable uh, Libya, very well-structured Libyan government, then we can talk about all the other issues. But at this juncture, uh, if you put things prematurely in front of the discussion, you overshadow the, the reality and the facts. Now, our major concern, the whole world's major concern at this juncture should be how stability is reached, can be reached in Libya. We will all be supportive of, of, of this process. And during that process, of course, the, the new government uh, position is very important and we'll see the development at that point. Ambassador, what will be Turkey's response if President Biden references the Armenian genocide later this month? Now, this is something I hope will not happen. Uh, none of the previous U.S. presidents have, have made that statement. I hope this will not happen. Uh, and of course, as an ambassador, I don't want to speculate on uh, axioms, uh, 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 theories, or 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 if statements. We will see. Ambassador, I know you have been only one month on the job, but you know the U.S. very well. You uh, got your Ph.D. here. You've taught at Cleveland State University. You've been involved in Turkish politics and foreign policy. So maybe my last question should be, what do you see as the opportunities for strengthening U.S.-Turkey ties with the Biden administration? Now, first of all, I know the difficulties. I know differences between two countries. I'm not naive enough to, to, uh, to 
or to ignore them or to, to say that there are no differences. But I prefer to focus on issues which we can create value together without undermining the importance of differences, but mainly focusing on projects which we can do together, on issues which we can cooperate, such as Afghanistan, Syria, and other places, uh, and even maybe in the, in the uh, East Mediterranean, in other places. So rather than, uh, rather than focusing on differences, I'm, I'm planning to focus on uh, things we can do together, which we can cooperate. And there are many issues as such, because given the statements by uh, Biden administration, given the fact that Biden administration will emphasize more on transatlantic alliances, will enhance the cooperation between uh, United States and its allies. And those, those statements are made by uh, President Biden and by Secretary of State uh, Blinken very clearly. Given these facts, and given the fact that Turkey is in very critical region, strategic location, I anticipate more cooperation, more coordination, and more interaction between United States and Turkey, despite differences. So as an ambassador, I want to be, I want to be a facilitator of this dialogue, of this interaction, and of this communication for, for regional prosperity and for regional stability. So my personal attitude is rather than focusing on, again, the differences, these issues, are there things which we can create value together? Are there things that which we can support? Are there things that we, which we can better understand each other? So my one of my tasks also at the same time will be to, to create some opportunities for better understanding uh, American community, Turkish community, so create some cultural events together in a way, in a way that, you know, uh, that that we 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 start doing things together. So this you, is my attitude. How do you assess Turkey's relationship with the Congress at this point, and will that be a focus of your activities? Now, so far, I was uh, having meeting with uh, over seventeen congressmen and senators uh, under these circumstances, of course, given the COVID conditions uh, and given the fact that I have not yet submitted my credentials yet and given the fact that, you know, Congress is, is, is uh, off, uh, I was always received well by the congressmen and senators. We have very candid discussions, candid dialogue, uh, I am very happy with my with my interaction with the Senate and Congress so far. Very happy, very optimistic. We are, we are all open to discussion. Uh, we are all open to exchange of ideas. One thing which I think uh, is, from my perspective, uh, very good is, is many senators whom I've talked to 
understand the importance of Turkish-American relations and value this relationship. Uh, of course, they raise their, their differences, they raise their you know, concerns. And I, I also talk to them very candidly. So far, I am I'm very satisfied with the, with, the, with the relationship. Ambassador, thank you for taking your time and for a wonderful interview here today. And You're wishing, welcome. And wishing you and all friends in Turkey a blessed and peaceful Ramadan. Thank you very much. Thank you. We will return after this break. I'm Ben Kaspit, Al Monitor veteran columnist reporting from Israel, one of the world's major news and action suppliers of all times, comparing to its tiny size. I've been covering and analyzing the political, diplomatic, and military arenas in Israel for over 34 years. My best-selling biography, The Netanyahu Years, was out two years ago. I covered seven prime ministers, one major war, two intifadas, one prime minister's assassination, two and a half peace treaties, four military operations in Gaza, and it's not letting up anytime soon. I'm glad to invite you to On Israel, our brand new podcast, where we will discuss major events in Israel and its surroundings, talk to decision makers, leaders and analysts, and try to understand the chaos that comes with the territory of Israel and the Middle East. You will never have a dull moment with us. See you soon here on Israel Al Monitor. Thanks again to our guest, Ambassador Murat Murchan, for joining us today, and to our production team of Phil Calabro of El Monitor and Beowulf Rochlin of Two Square Media Productions. And thanks to all of you for listening. We will return next week, and in the meantime, please sign up for this and our other El Monitor podcast, On Israel, at your favorite podcast platform. Thank you.